Welcome to the No More Mondays podcast, the show that inspires confident professionals by interviewing people who actually enjoy what they do for work. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with founders, entrepreneurs, and employees who have figured out that special sauce, the magic, the mystery to having No More Mondays. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this episode of the No More Mondays podcast. As always, we are super excited you decided to join us for this episode entitled Opportunity Comes Knocking. Today's guest comes to us from my neighboring mountains over in Salt Lake City, Utah, where she's the content strategy manager for ClearLink, a company doing some pretty cool new agey AI technology to help their clients better understand their customers' journeys. There are a few reasons I'm excited to have Vanessa on as a guest today. First is because she's working with a newer career field that's cropped up and become quite prevalent over the last few years as the world's gone through a digital transformation. Second, she's a fellow lover of the Oxford comma. And third, Vanessa's work at ClearLink will have some familiar associations if you're a frequenter of this podcast. She enjoys her work every day because she feels challenged, valued, and like she's making an impact. Moreover, she's found a company who not only says it cares about its people, but who actually walks that talk and shows it. Please help me give a warm welcome to Vanessa Sigmund, who I know will also support you in chasing that next exciting opportunity that comes your way. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Wow. I'm very impressed with your intro. Oh, I am thank you. very, I very do, impressed with how well you put that together. <laughs> I, I do write resumes, so I'll call yeah. it I'll call it a learned skill. <laughs> Awesome. And uh, it's easy when somebody's got gives you very, very good and well written bios with Oxford commas in them, which is how I picked up on that commonality. So, what I would love to start with is just giving our listeners a little bit more about you and insight into what you're doing right now with ClearLink. Absolutely. A little bit about me. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. People always ask me what it was like to grow up in Las Vegas. And I say, you know, Everyone's experience is relative. So Las Vegas felt normal to me. Casinos or excuse me, slot machines in every gas station, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, in a ton of different career exploration growing up in college, after college, I brought my brought me to ClearLink. I actually just moved out to Salt Lake. I uh, was hoping to close the long distance gap with my partner and literally Googled good companies to work for in Utah and ClearLink came up applied kind of as a shot in the dark to see if I had some sort of adjacent experience that they would accept me into the role. And luckily, they took a chance on me. And as a content strategy manager, and originally, I just started as a content coordinator or content strategist, what we called it four years ago. Uh, We do a ton of work planning content, just a a lot of different really cool user experience focused work. And I learned it all on, on the job. And it's been such a privilege. And I've been really lucky to work for a company that, like you said in the intro, just really cares about its people. That's awesome. And I love that like the stars aligned. You said, okay, time to move to a new place. There were life reasons for that shift. And it all just kind of aligned. And Vanessa, you did one of the things I actually tell my clients to do. And that is in moving to a new city or trying to find a great work environment, Google best places to work, best corporate cultures, fastest growing companies. And you actually found somebody who aligned with kind of your your values and, and, and personal mission in life. And I like that you said personal mission in life. I'm very social good driven. I want to do things that are good for the world. And I applied to work at this job at this company, you know, that 
on one hand sells TV service. Like, why does that matter? Right. But their mission and their values are so tied to what I believe, you know, a good person, a good world can be that I was excited to work for them, despite the like less kind of sexy work (laughs) that I, you know, feel like I'm doing day to day. But it's tied to a really good vision. So I love that. And you bring up a good point that I've also talked to people about because that idea of being kind of mission minded, especially for people who get into like mid career and are ready to do something more meaningful, more mission driven, more aligned with their values. A lot of the things that we've already talked about just in this last few minutes. One of the things that I think is an important kind of delineation is you don't have to have the actual service necessarily be this like sexy mission driven. You don't have to actually go work for like a nonprofit who is literally doing mission minded work. But if the company does their work in a mission-minded way, it can make all the difference to you feeling like you have that impact. Absolutely. And I think companies can do a lot to be more mission-minded too, even if it's outside of what they do day-to-day. Clearlink has this out-of-the-blue program is what it's called. And those are specific initiatives that they raise and uh, employees can get behind where we, we drove 25 hours down to Texas when Hurricane Harvey hit and did relief work. During the Black Lives Matter protests this summer, they did a huge initiative in donating, matching donations to the NAACP. Like it doesn't have to be all about what your core business is as long as you're thinking about others and are mission minded in other ways. And I think that that's a, a really cool thing that more companies could adopt. And that's very, very well said. I want to touch on the actual career path you're in for a second. In a minute, I want to talk about how you got here. But I find a lot of people are not aware of this kind of content creation, writing, content management, content strategy track. It is a newer, true profession that has cropped up with this digital age, and it's actually very prevalent. And it's a new, great way for people who are more creative or have a writing background to be in a growth track that isn't that is pretty well defined. So tell us a little bit more about what you actually do as a content strategy manager. Great question. And especially at my company, there are actually different paths based on what you just talked about. So uh, there are specific copywriters for search engine. We call it SEO, search engine optimization. I know that that's kind of a buzzy term, um, but SEO is a huge part of what we do. So we have copywriters that are trained in good SEO writing. From a content strategy perspective, though, what I do and what what my team does is we are all about optimizing the site, not from a copywriting perspective, actually, but more from a UX perspective, user experience. So we think about the different... We call them buyer modalities, people that are coming to our websites. They're the folks that are competitive and spontaneous. And those folks want to see top-line information about a website or or a service or a product. They want to see the pros and cons and they want you to tell them what the right answer is. For example, you Google best running shoes out there for me. This is a this is a very high level example, but you know, some of the folks want to just see what the editor's choice is and why. Other folks we call them more methodical or humanistic and those folks want to read through all of the specs. They want to read through where the shoes are produced, where they're made. And we try and help users um, and our teams lay out our websites, web pages, websites the entire user journey for all different buyer modalities. So we're trying to lay out a website for the best user experience. We call something our upside down triangle, put the most important information at the top and scroll down. We could get into a lot of UX best practices here. But um, that's what my team does is just study user experience, measure changes that we're making and try and make the site better for users and for the business. 
So always thinking about what the audience or the user is um, is thinking and perceiving can really help build clarity around kind of how you lay out that content, whether it's for your business or whether it's, um, you know, for a company you work for. Vanessa, tell us a little bit more about how you got into this career track. And I know you had a little bit of a winding path, which is something I really want our listeners to hear. So talk to me a little bit more about your progression to today. Since the age of 16, have been just looking for what my, you know, quote unquote dream job would be. So I took every job under the sun. I worked for a sandwich shop to see if I liked the service industry. I worked uh, selling or buying back textbooks when I was in college to see if sales would be a thing that I liked. I worked for a production company as a PA, you know, doing everything PAs do uh, at the bottom level of companies to see if maybe that was the career I wanted to go because I went to college in LA. And eventually, I found a startup that I could intern at. It was called UB, Y-O-O-B-I. Similarly to the PA job, kind of did everything under the sun and had way too much responsibility as somebody just out of college that I should have. But it's because it was a startup doing everything from uh, event planning and coordination to inventory management and you know working really closely with the operations team to get our products here from, from the factories. I learned so much at a place where there was no other choice but to learn. And that, uh, I think, jump-started my career and jump-started kind of my thought process behind, if I don't know the answer to something, ask someone or figure it out. And that is kind of the only option when you're, when you're working at a startup. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And I also remember applying for that job and having parents or family members say, don't you want to go for a big company like go work at Target or go work at Amazon? Isn't there something to have having name recognition behind the brand. And at the time, I was like, no, I this is what I want to do. I want to get a ton of experience here from this startup. And I did. And I think that just jump-started my career because I have that kind of can-do or figure-it-out mentality. What did you study in school? I studied marketing. Uh, luckily, at the time when I was coming into college, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. I was undecided. And I had an inclination that I thought I might want to do business marketing, but I wasn't sure. And then kind of happenstance, my university, I went to Loyola Marymount University in LA, uh, kickstarted this marketing program. They call it the M School. And it's a really, really interesting program where they take kids out of kind of textbook learning and are very much integrated with all of the digital marketing agencies in Playa Vista. They call it Silicon Beach. So half of our classes were in classroom and half of them were at different agencies being taught by industry professionals. So it was a really cool experience. And honestly, I only declared marketing because this cool new initiative was coming up at, at, the M or at Loyola Marymount University. And I thought I'd jump on it. And you got some real world experience alongside of that kind of academic experience, which is really cool. And the reason I specifically asked about your degree is because, and I'm not picking on you and this is not judgmental, but the that kind of like a bachelor's degree in a more creative field can be challenging for new grads coming out of school, trying to figure out where to go with it. When you get into kind of marketing, communications, business administration degrees, there's an ambiguity there that is really awesome in one way because it's flexible, yet it can be hard to figure out like where to start your traction. And there's a message here I really want young people out there to hear. And that is that you tried some stuff and didn't get caught up in that kind of analysis paralysis of feeling like you had to make the perfect right move. And in trying sales and trying events and trying operations and trying administrative types of roles, you learned a lot about yourself, yourself and your strengths. 
the major that you pick in college does not dictate who or where you will end up for the next 40 years of your life. I had a close friend who I work with at ClearLink who is a biology major and now she is doing digital marketing. Your major in college, I think this is a really important thing for young people to hear, does not have to dictate your entire career. So totally agree with that. I love when somebody else says something I say all the time because it it adds a little bit more significance and credibility to it. But I think that I would even take that one step further to say, not only does your college education not dictate your entire career future, but neither is the first job you get out of school, a life sentence into that career path as well. It's a starting point. And sometimes all you need is a starting point. Absolutely. It is really hard to know what you want to do when you're 18 years old. Yeah, it's, I think it's it takes learning about yourself as an adult to really understand where you should go with your career path. And it's okay if that has some ebbs and flows to it. And one of the other things I really liked about what you had to say, Vanessa, was that idea of the experience you got working in a small company in a startup. Because bigger companies, yeah, come with great name recognition, street cred, I like to call it on the resume. Mm -hmm. But you're also likely going to be kind of in a little bit more of a box due to the structure that the company has and how they have much more clearly delineated roles. Whereas if you work for a startup, which is like wearing a ton of hats, constantly changing, moving, evolving... Or you work in a smaller company where you might wear 1.7 hats, you're getting a little bit more of a well-rounded experience that can inform, A, what you enjoy and also give you kind of more diverse marketing going forward. Totally agree with that. I think the other part of working at a small company or working at a startup even is because there's less structure, you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone, try new things, learn new things, ask questions when you don't know the answer to something. Acronyms are the seem to be across no matter what company I'm working at, <laughs> seems to be the biggest issue that new folks coming in. Like there's this QOP at ClearLink, there's this qualified opportunity that is a, a acronym that everybody knows. You come into that company, no one tells you, you know, we all need to have here's here's a piece of advice for every company I work for in the future. Have a glossary of terms, have a glossary yes. of a glossary of acronyms. Put it in the Please. employee handbook. So but true. Like, you know, like I was saying, if you don't know the answers or you don't know what the acronym means, um, starting out your career, don't be afraid to ask questions because it shows that you're interested. It shows that you have the capacity to learn and that you care about learning. And I think that that's kind of what employers look for in, in young talent. And if you guys didn't hear it, Vanessa said my three favorite words, outside, comfort, and zone. <laughs> so as you ventured outside and continuously ventured outside, and I think pushed your own comfort zone, what is something that you've discovered you do really enjoy about the work that you're doing or about just your career in general that you weren't expecting to like? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two answers to that question because one of them is a little bit lame. The first thing that I really love that I didn't think I would love as much is creating process and creating structure. And that's something that I've been given the opportunity to do in this role as a manager of content strategists. Originally, we sort of started out as a smaller feeling company. All of the content strategists were very autonomous. We all did work so differently. Um, and as we're, the business is starting to scale, we're finding that there are opportunities for us to streamline processes to be able to do things more consistently across across our team. And that will make for easier career advancement for other content strategists that come into the role, but can also just create... A lot of people hate this word, but efficiencies. <laughs> 
<laughs> across the business. And I've actually really enjoyed creating process because it feels like I am helping others in a way that can help their career grow. And not only from a site perspective, but from their craft. It's like I can help them grow in their craft by giving them some tools to grow. So that's one thing that I found that I really liked that I didn't think I would. But another one is just helping people. I really, really love helping people on my team grow, giving them a little piece of advice or some sort of course to take from a content strategy perspective that can help up their career or up their craft. And I am such a task-oriented person, such a list-oriented person. So when I became a manager, my whole world was blown up because instead of doing stuff, it was meeting with people and helping them. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to find the same satisfaction I did in my task list with people. But I've been really impressed um, with the last... I think I've been in this role now for 7-8 months. Just seeing people grow and seeing people uh, succeed has been so rewarding. And I have loved that about, about this new job. And those outcomes are what keep probably keep you going with the it's when you are managing people, it's hard to have that kind of set routine because their needs trump your process, your individual process. And I'm curious for somebody who loves process, loves lists, loves tasks, how has how has that strength carried over into kind of the 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 life and the routine that you have on the personal side to keep, you know, to keep your weeks productive and to stay positive and to stay motivated for that team? I think the ability to help people in my day to day and then still use that kind of love of tasks and to do's in my personal life has been a really good balance. I've, you know, used task lists to make sure that I'm continuing to meal prep and grocery shop and like do all those very basic things that I think being able to translate kind of organization and task-based work. And I also use that to remind myself to go outside and get on a hike and go cross-country skiing with our new puppy. All of that, I think, lends itself to you know work life and personal life. The temptation to begin talking about outdoor mountain activities, skiing and dogs is so, so great. But as we, as we learn more and more about you as a person. And at some point, we're going to probably have to share a picture of your cute puppy because we all know how much I love dogs. As we learn more and more about you as a person, I want to touch on something and might be considered taboo for somebody that's a career coach and somebody that talks about enjoying their jobs. Um, you mentioned earlier that you've kind of been on this, let's say, quest to, to figure out what your dream job is. And now you're starting to potentially consider the fact that you might not ever find it and finding a dream job isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Tell me more about your perspective and reasoning behind that thought. The major that you are in college is not going to dictate who or what you will be in the future. And that's the same story if you don't even go to college. I kind of don't believe in this idea of a dream job because it's too limiting. It's too it, it, There's too much pressure on that idea that I should be doing something that I absolutely love and that no matter what I, you know, wake up every single day enjoying it. I just think the idea of a dream job is baloney. Find something that challenges you that you can be excited about in some aspects. Like I said, I'm so passionate about the culture at Clearlink and their values, but I think that if we can all more find find your dream lifestyle rather than finding your dream job. I think is a good kind of way to phrase that. Find something that is conducive to the type of life you want to live. And whether or not you find that 
job in and of itself, it completely fulfilling in every single way. There's so many other aspects of my life that have been so fulfilled because I'm in this current role. You know, I can work remotely, which means that on, at 4pm on a Friday, I am more than happy to you know, log off my computer and get into the mountains. That's so important for me. And that is something that is okay and embraced at ClearLink, which is something that I really love and really value and will make it really difficult to ever leave the company, honestly, because where else am I going to find a culture like this that embraces me as a, as a professional and as a person? And I love that about this company. That's going to be the soundbite of all soundbites because I, I did not pay Vanessa to say that, but it could have come out of my mouth. And so because there's and there's a few like layers to everything that you just said, and it really is rooted in that idea of finding finding a career that supports your life instead of finding a job that is your life. And there's a reason why when I talk about No More Mondays, we talk about people who actually enjoy what they do for work and don't talk about having jobs they love because there's a difference. And the pressure that you put on yourself... Even if you're a job seeker, I've told clients this before. If you are trying to fill all of your well-being's bucket with a job, you are setting yourself up for failure. And oftentimes, segmenting that satisfaction into different compartments creates a much more reasonable platform to actually finding the fulfillment. And so this idea of kind of like, for me, it's life-centric career coaching, right? We find we find something that supports the lifestyle that you want to have. You dream about the lifestyle, and then you figure out everything that kind of goes into that. The more insight we get into ourselves in the world, the more we are informed about the direction that we go. So it's hard to have this hard and, hard and fast you know, goal and dream because it's likely going to change, and that's okay. We've started as you as a professional. We're just getting to know you and you as a person more and how you've kind of designed a life and fit career into it. So tell us a little bit more about the commonalities I think that you and I have about kind of having fun and, and I think getting outside and some of the things that you do to kind of round out the personal side of your professional life. Ah, yes, I am a big fan of being active and a big fan of being outside. Living in Salt Lake City makes for a really, really easy entry to the outdoors. Uh, My partner and I are big rock climbers. We love to get outside during the wintertime. We've been cross-country skiing a lot. He's actually getting his PhD in climate science. Now we live in Logan, Utah, which is about an hour and a half north of Salt Lake. Even better access to the mountains, much less crowded. We love to trail run in the summertime and and Jacob's really gotten into fly fishing, so I might invest in some. Man, now, what do we call That's that? Um, is that your big thing? Waiters. Fly fishing? Waiters. Waiters. Oh, Thank yeah. you. But I always tell people if, I, if, if somebody said you can have one outdoor activity that you can do for the rest of your life, it'd be fly fishing. If I could rat climb until I'm 60 years old, that would be, that would be enough. All right. So let's learn a little bit more about you. So I always like to play a game here on the No More Mondays podcast. And it's just a little a little session of rapid fire, some fun questions to kind of get to know you and, you know, what makes you tick a little bit more. So you ready? I'm ready. So this is becoming the hot question amongst our guests. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. Would you like me to elaborate? <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I try to rapid fire, but it never works. We always go into squirrels. But unilaterally, it seems that everyone answers Star Wars. Um, and I'm not sure if it's because of Baby Yoda and Mandalorian or what's your reasoning? 
I think the reason that people are more into Star Wars nowadays is Star Trek has not kept up with content the same way Star There's a new Star Wars movie every like four months, it seems. So they're keeping their audience engaged. Like you said, there's Mandalorian, there's Baby Yoda. If you can have anything that become, can become viral the way they have made Baby Yoda become viral, Star Trek could win out. What is your favorite candy? A Reese's straight out of the freezer. That's yes. my favorite candy. Yes, the, especially the ones that are like the hearts and the trees because they have a higher ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A cheerleader. This is the funniest. This is the funniest thing. Whenever <laughs> anybody asks me that question, my answer is a cheerleader because I have a specific memory being in Miss Strickland's class in the second grade. And we did an activity where we all drew what we wanted to be when we grew up. My mother's a doctor. My aunt was a, a production executive. And my goal as a second grade, I wanted to be a cheerleader. What food are you craving right now? I have really wanted a good like chai cookie for the last couple days. Oh. So I think I'm going to bake later this week and make myself some dark chocolate chai cookies. Give us a great book recommendation. Atomic Habits is a really great book, especially around, I think this is a good audience for it. What was your favorite childhood TV show? Friends. And it still is. I remember sitting down on Thursday nights watching Friends with my family. And it was a one of the one of the best things about the week because like I said, I had a doctor mom, so she was really busy, but always made it home for Thursday night friends and friends has a soft spot in my heart. And of course, this is a show about Monday. So we always end the rapid fire or not so rapid fire with asking you the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday. Opportunity. I think Mondays, the start of my week, are such a great opportunity to start new projects, to start learning new skills for your job or outside of your job. The opportunity to finish up projects or pick up where you left off. I know a lot of people on my team have the empty page syndrome. I know we, as writers, a lot of people talk about the empty page syndrome. And often Mondays are an opportunity to just get started, to just start on that thing that's been either plaguing you or that you haven't been this has been such a great conversation, Vanessa. You and I are so aligned in not only thinking about kind of the big picture of how work fits into life, the pieces of life that we kind of enjoy outside of our profession. So what's the best way for people to kind of find you and learn a little bit more about you and your career journey? Sure. You can find me on VanessaSigmund.com. <laughs> and Easy. that links out. Yeah, that links out to my LinkedIn and um Something I didn't share, but I do some voiceover work on the side, which is really fun. So you can check out a little bit of my portfolio there, too. Perfect. She just gave you a teaser to go to go visit. Um, and you you know what? You have a great voiceover voice. I can probably tell from this podcast. Well, so thank you. VanessaSigmund.com. We will link to that in the show notes as well. And there have been so many great tips in here from atomic habits to just even bigger picture perspective of how work fits into life. I would love for you to just give our listeners one more piece of advice. So what is your best um, recommendation for what our listeners can do right now? Now to get one step closer to a more enjoyable career. I have two quick ones. My okay. first one is be curious, ask a lot of questions and be okay with not knowing the answers to everything. I think that uh, my curiosity mixed with humility and drive has helped me advance my career a lot faster than I ever thought it was possible because I am open and humble enough to say, I don't know the answer to that or I don't know what you all are talking about, but help me get to a place where I can start figuring it out. So always be curious is my 
biggest nebulous recommendation. And my second more tactical recommendation, maybe this is just for folks kind of in my field or in the digital marketing space, but get comfortable with Excel. And I know that that is kind of a silly recommendation. But if you can more quickly navigate your machine and an in a spreadsheet, you know, as a content strategist, we're constantly looking at data. And if you're comfortable in Excel with kind of basic functions, that has gotten me a lot farther in my career than I ever thought it would. So yeah, technical skills. I really liked what you said about going through a process, going through life, going through an interview without knowing all the answers. So that is a really, really great piece of information, whether it's a bigger career exploration or just within your job every day. Vanessa, this has been just an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being part of our show and joining the No More Mondays movement. As always, we love hearing from people who are enjoying what they do for work and in life. And you are absolutely no exception. Remember, friends, when an exciting opportunity comes your way, don't be afraid to chase it, ask for help, or learn a new skill to help it be within reach. Until next time, we would love for you to subscribe to the No More Mondays podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere with these great stories of people who actually enjoy what they do for work. If you'd like to leave us comments, feedback, or submit guest suggestions, please visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for listening to this episode of No More Mondays. We hoped you grabbed some great insights to help you improve your professional satisfaction. Please visit us at Apple iTunes and give us a rating so we can continue to offer you awesome interviews and content each week. No More Mondays. New episodes drop every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by CareerBenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. That's careerbenders, B as in boy, S as in Sam.com. This is your host, Angie Callen, signing off. Until next week, when we chat with another inspired, confident professional.